This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 55. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. This is your host, Brett Hurst. And this is your co-host, Kelly Hurst. I like the co-host better. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are both marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement and this podcast. What we're always trying to do is we're trying to help you take your marriage to the next level as we are learning to take our own marriage to the next level. Indeed. Well, uh, yesterday or the other day or whenever you listened to the last (laughs) podcast, we were talking about John Gottman, uh, who wrote the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, as well as many other books, and his metaphor about the four horsemen. Four horsemen are those uh, things that he's uncovered from research, the four most toxic characteristics Uh, within an unhealthy relationship. In this case, we're talking about marriage. So we're continuing that conversation. Last time we talked about criticism and contempt. Now we're going to unpack the other two, first one being defensiveness. Mm. Now the official definition of the word defensiveness is uh, when you're quick to justify or make excuses. Uh, Defensiveness is when you're aiming to deflect or avoid perceived criticism. It's, it's basically self-protection. Mm-hmm. Few synonyms for being defensive are being suspicious, self-protective, cynical, uh, distrustful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that it's a real easy trap for all of us to fall into. It's very human for us to want to protect ourselves when we feel like we're being emotionally attacked. I mean, nobody wants to be mm-hmm. exposed for yeah. the things that we aren't just super great at. Um, So, Kel, what does defensiveness look like specifically within marriage? Well, I've got some ideas of what defensive language sounds like in marriage. Uh, It sounds like making excuses. It sounds like it's not my fault. Mm. Uh, I couldn't help it. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You're the one who (laughs) (laughs) blaming. And then the dreaded, yes, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, you know, and I can speak to this because (laughs) one of my biggest autopilot default conflict things is defensiveness. And what the way it looks at our house is you'll, you know, share a complaint or a frustration or something. I will feel defensive and I'll go, well, you're the no, I won't say you're the one. I'll go, well, if it was you, you would, you know, if you were in that position, you would have da 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 da. You know, I'm not helpful because I laugh every time you do it. Yeah, which it is kind of funny, but yeah. So that's what it looks like at our house is me turning the tables and saying, well, if you were in that position, you would have done the same thing. But you know, it's interesting when we've talked about that before. I think it's a trigger for you. I mean, you know, it's it's an involuntary response almost because you were conditioned to respond. I mean, we all struggle mm-hmm. with defensiveness. I struggle with defensiveness, too. Yeah. But maybe you were... Yeah, because when you feel like 
someone's attacking you or criticizing you, mm-hmm. that's just a human response is to self-protect. Right, right, exactly. You know, some of us do it more than others because we've just been doing it for so long. But uh, yeah, it's it, the thing about defensiveness is it never moves anything forward. Mm-hmm. So you can't really, in a healthy way, engage in conversation if one of you is being defensive because it just stops everything. Right. Well, that's true. And here's what we know about defensiveness in marriage. When we behave defensively, we are attaching an unnecessary meaning to our spouse's complaint. Mm -hmm. Give me an example of that. Well, I think I said in the previous episode when we were talking about criticizing, and I talked about how some people just have a filter that's a critical filter. Mm -hmm. So anything that's expressed to them, even if it is a healthy complaint Mm -hmm. about a situation, they tend to uber-internalize that and Mm -hmm. go, oh, that must be my fault. Right. And so we have to be a little bit careful that if you're complaining about, let's say, that the laundry hasn't been done, Uh okay, I can turn that into a negative thing and go, oh, he's criticizing me. Right. Well, what I'm doing there is I'm attaching a meaning to what you're saying, and that may not be what you're saying at all. Maybe you may I'm just saying, be saying, I don't have any clean shirts. Yeah, or <laughs> maybe I didn't do the laundry. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, so we have to be careful not to attach our own filtered meaning right, to right. what our spouse is saying. No, that's good. When we behave defensively, it becomes all about us. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, I remember not it's been a while now, but I remember us having this moment, and I was really defensive about it because you uh, I think we've said on the podcast before, I hate to talk on the phone, and I especially hate to talk hate on it. my cell phone, yeah, and so when I got my hands free device in my you know car, that was like the happiest day of my life because I didn't have to like hold my phone up to my ear when I'm driving, and I thought that was going to solve the problem, yeah, well. It has helped the problem a lot. Indeed. But one issue that we have is, and we've had to negotiate this between us, is that when you're driving home from work, Mm -hmm. you like to call on your way home and kind of process your day with me. I want to talk to you. Yeah. Well, and also it helps you when you get home that you've already kind of de- fragged yeah, a little right. bit so and so you can be fully behind. present when you get home yeah well sometimes i mean if i'm not uber busy that's fine mm-hmm. i'll sit and you can tell me about your day and we interact but sometimes if i'm rushed or whatever so this one day you called and i think i had just gotten home from work and i th- it was the time we had the dog the dog had you know made a mess and it was just one of those moments the phone was ringing and that dog yeah. And so I remember telling you, hey, let me call you right back. And you said, are you sure you'll call me back? And I said, yes, I'll call you right back. <laughs> well, something happened and I got distracted. And before I knew it, you walked in the door and you just looked at me and you go, I knew you wouldn't call me back. And I got really defensive. Well, I shouldn't have said that. And I said, well, if you got home and the dog had done a you wouldn't have called back either. And I got so mad and defensive that I was just completely making it about me, Mm. you know, rather than, huh, my husband really just wanted to talk to me. And he was just saying, you know. But I'm sure I provoked you. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sure you did provoke me, but no. (laughs) No. So we we do. We make it all about us when we get defensive. And again, that doesn't help anything. It doesn't move anything forward. Yeah, that's a good point that you keep making, that when we behave defensively, we become stuck. Mm -hmm. And so it it really makes it virtually impossible to get any forward motion going or or move toward any kind of solution into whatever the, the situation. Yeah, so like on the story with the phone, you know, what would have happened if you had come in, you said, I knew you wouldn't call me back. What would have what would have happened if I had just gone, 
oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, the place was a mess, and that was I just should have called you back. I'm so sorry. Rather I than I would have taken you to dinner. <laughs> rather than I think you did anyway, <laughs> but I think rather than feeling all defensive and making it all about me, and just said oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. I, you know, I'm sorry. I just couldn't do that. Right. Uh, it would have changed what happened in the next ten minutes. <laughs> Okay, well, I think we've got a picture of what it is. So so how can we improve? I think there are a few things that we can do. One maybe obvious thing is to silence our defensiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, allow your partner's comments to be just what they really are. Mm-hmm. In other words, not try to read something into them that, that's not there. Yeah, it's your spouse's opinion. It's how your spouse feels. Yeah separate yourself enough from the situation to just recognize that that's all it is. And sometimes silencing our defensive means just keeping your mouth shut for a second. Yeah. We're so quick to throw out our defensive attack. Yeah. You know, what would what would it look like if we just kind of sat there and listened to what our spouse was saying and didn't go there so fast? What a novel idea. Very. Uh, another helpful thing would be to empathize, which means to listen to your partner's feelings. It means uh, even if you don't fully agree with mm-hmm. what your partner is saying, mm-hmm. you are still listening uh, sensitively and fully. And w- whether you're talking about working on defensiveness or just marriage in general, I think this is one of the biggest helpful tools in marriage is understanding that I can empathize with my spouse without agreeing with mm, them. That yeah. is a novel thing for a lot of couples because we've been conditioned to think, if I disagree with you, I've got to push back mm-hmm. and I can't sit and just listen to you express yourself. Yeah, I have right. to judge those feelings. And that's not the case at all. You, you're Even though you're biblically one flesh, you're two autonomous people. Yeah. And you can sit and listen to your spouse gripe and not make it about you. Sure. Yeah. And not become you know enmeshed or fused into that that thinking or feeling. I'd say we're both getting better at that. Uh, another is to listen for the kernel of truth that is being said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the shoe fits. Yeah. Hop around in it. Cuz most of the time if we would take off our defensive hat, we would recognize that Maybe there is a little personal responsibility I need to take here for what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because there's always – there's a dance that's always going on in marriage. And I think our friend Ken Schumann put it best when he said the question should always be, what am I doing to keep this right. problem in place? Right. Everyone has resp- a role. Yeah. yeah. What responsibility am I taking in this? Mm-hmm. And then just by owning up to that, then that allows you to better seek a solution mm-hmm. together. You know, when you can say to your spouse – Hmm, I'm tracking with what you're saying. Tell me more about it. Let's keep talking about it. Rather than being defensive, then then you're mm-hmm. becoming like one of the successful married couples because that's what successful couples do is they are able to mm-hmm. say the way things are. Yeah, and, and they and they end up caring more about how their spouse feels than about them being defensive. Mm-hmm. That that's when you know you're moving into a healthier place. Is I care more about how you're feeling in this moment than about my defending myself. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Marriage to the Max.
welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and we are continuing with our uh, final point of John Gottman's Four Horsemen, the metaphor of, of destructive things that happen uh, to marriages, and we're going to discuss stonewalling now. Stonewalling, the official definition of that word is to refuse to cooperate, uh, especially by avoiding answering questions, to avoid providing desired information, to employ delaying tactics, uh, to disengage. That's really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The word itself is is even visually descriptive. You're building a stone wall, Mm -hmm. Um, literally. You're trying to keep communication from happening. When when communication's not occurring, Mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to move the relationship forward. For sure. So there's a lot of ways that you can uh, stonewall, mm-hmm. some of the language um, or the situations uh, related to that, one would be to tune out. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what does that mean? Just not pay attention, not yeah. be engaged in conversation with your spouse and just be checking out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one way. Uh, monosyllabic mutterings, where you're not really <laughs> engaged fully verbally in the conversation. You're just grunting. The older I get, the more I'm, <laughs> I tend to mutter. I'm a mutterer. <laughs> Uh, there's also changing the subject, you know, and just avoiding a conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, removing yourself physically is actually probably the more common thing, especially if you're getting into an argument. Leaving the room. Yeah, is what things you're are getting about. heated like and I'm just, just like. just going to walk out of the room. Yeah. Um, giving someone the cold shoulder or the silent treatment is mm-hmm. another form of stonewalling. Um, you know, language like, I don't have to take this, or mm-hmm. I'm out of here, or I can't talk about this right now. Mm-hmm. You know, those are kind of, that's language around stonewalling and disengaging. Yeah, pretty hurtful, too, when somebody just gets up right in the middle of discussion mm-hmm. and walks right out of the room without any kind of communication. That's a, that's a pretty powerful thing to have to deal with. Yeah, and the reasons why we stonewall in marriage, um, bottom line of stonewalling is that you're trying to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. And so you might think, well, isn't that a good thing? I don't want to end up getting in a fight and saying something I might regret. But not necessarily, because people who stonewall may think that they're trying to be neutral. But what stonewalling conveys is disrespect, distance, separation, Mm -hmm. disconnection, even smugness, you know. So when you stonewall, what you're really communicating to your spouse is that he or she doesn't matter uh, enough for you to stick around. Mm -hmm. Your your spouse's feelings and experiences are not important enough for you to fully engage with them. Right. And back to your point about avoiding conflict, an important point here is what we've talked about several times, even just this whole idea of avoiding conflict that's not necessarily something we even want to lean into because right. conflict is not necessarily a bad thing for a marriage. All, all conflict really is is a difference of perspective. And mm-hmm. sometimes having that difference of perspective can enrich and even enhance the marriage relationship. You want to get to the point where you can share those things in a respectful way to where uh, both of you consider those differing opinions as a win in the conversation. Does yeah, that make sense? absolutely. And we've had podcast episodes in the past where we talk about, you know, conflict is not only not a bad thing, it's a perfectly normal thing. Mm-hmm. And to learn how to manage it in a healthy way is the goal. And but but still, there are a lot of people who just want to avoid conflict in general. And there's some reasons why. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're afraid of conflict because we're just not Um, comfortable feeling that anxiety that comes up when our spouse is upset or when we're upset.
upset. We don't know how to do conflict yeah, well. We don't know how to do it, and so it's easier to avoid it. The problem with avoiding it is it ends up being stuffed or reserved for later or swept under the bed, and someday that uh, that conflict comes barreling out. Mm-hmm. And so you don't get to avoid it forever. Right. Um, so you're really just putting off the inevitable. So a close cousin to not even knowing how to express it is – that we also don't know how to resolve mm-hmm. things together. We haven't learned maybe how to work uh-huh. well as a team together, which can be learned. Yeah, and so maybe this is a, a subject, it's a sore subject, and it comes up over and over mm-hmm. and over again, and you go through the same pattern where you yell at each other or someone gets their feelings hurt, and so one of you's thinking, well, I'm not doing this every time. I'm just done. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. And so you think that that's a helpful thing because you're avoiding having the same fight that you've had 80,000 times. But you're not resolving anything, and you're not even really managing anything. You're just avoiding it. Right. And then speaking of feelings, sometimes we're just oblivious. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're unconscious of our own feelings, and we're certainly not present frequently to Mm -hmm. what our spouse's feelings are. Yeah, we can be just caught up in our own world, and sometimes we don't notice that our spouse is hurting over something or upset about something. Um, So how do we improve, do you think? What what are some ways we can do when we're feeling that pull to disengage? Well, one thing, obviously, is to fully engage. Uh, So don't don't be in fear of having a messy conversation. Messy Mm -hmm. conversations are fine if both of you create that environment that allows a messy conversation Mm -hmm. to happen without taking things uh, personally. The way you do that is to have a steady diet of validating Mm -hmm. your spouse. Yeah, you have to learn how to validate your spouse. This is this is why most people get therapy and stay in therapy is because they feel validated. They get to say how they feel, express their thoughts and feelings, and someone goes, "I understand." Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we stay in therapy. Um, but you've got to learn to listen to your partner's feelings and not feel like you're like we were saying early. You don't have to fuse into it if it's something you don't understand or agree with. You can just listen and yeah. support them. Good counseling can be a great thing, but there may be a cheaper alternative by just learning how to validate one another in a marriage situation. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, if you must disengage, if you've got to pull yourself away from the because you're feeling flooded mm-hmm. in that conversation, mm-hmm. then communicate that. Explain to your spouse that you are disengaging. Explain why you're mm-hmm. temporarily disengaging. And then, and this is very important. Very important. You've got to set a time to come back to revisit the conversation mm-hmm. and to keep your promise. So if you're the person who gets more easily flooded mm-hmm. in a relationship, just make sure that you're not leaving your spouse hanging out there uh, waiting for a conversation that's never going to happen. Yeah, because, because I think a lot of people assume that, okay, I won't have this conversation now, and she'll forget about it, or he won't remember later yeah. on that we ever had this thing, and so it'll just go away. Exactly. It never does. And sometimes there are legitimate reasons why you have to stonewall. You're walking into a meeting at work, and you're on the phone arguing with your spouse, and you literally can't have that fight right then. Right. You know, there's a way to be able to say, you know what, I'm – I'm in this. I got to go to this meeting as soon as I get home tonight. We'll sit down and face to face this. You yeah. know, um, just as- that assurance that you're not going to leave your spouse hanging because that feels so disrespectful. Yeah, totally. That I'm just not important enough for you to finish this conversation. Well, and you know, the day that you said I do, and people threw rice or bird seed or, or they potpourri or bubbles, blue or bubbles or whatever or they sparklers. do. We've, yeah. we've seen a lot of different things at a lot of different weddings. But anyway, that day. 
when you signed on to the most significant uh, job of your life mm-hmm. of being a spouse, you know, you may not have read the job description completely, <laughs> but one of the things w- within that job description is to be fully engaged with your partner when they need you to be, mm-hmm. you know, and that comes up a lot. Don't let yourself get lazy or too complacent or too busy that your spouse feels like he or she is the last one on your list. We always talk about your spouse needing to be the most important VIP on your list. So step up to the plate, you know, play full out, be fully engaged in your marriage. It's Mm -hmm. something that if you'll do that, you will never, ever regret giving that kind of attention to your spouse. True that. Oh, thank y'all. <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And we hope that you will uh, send us your topics or questions, uh, anything that you would like us to discuss on this podcast. Feel free to send us an email to thehursts at homeencouragement.org. We'll do our best to get it on the air. And if you just want to contact us, feel free to do that. Thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.